Welcome to Leadership Dialogues, a podcast for the greater New Orleans region. Leadership Dialogues is produced by the New Orleans Regional Leadership Institute, a nonprofit which provides a variety of nonpartisan platforms to inspire and engage business and community leaders in the greater New Orleans region. Hi, my name is Stephen Ruther, and welcome to Leadership Dialogues. In this episode, I'll have a conversation with Dr. Robert Habens, who serves as the economist for the Data Center. As the organization's lead expert on local and regional economic analysis, Dr. Habens is primarily responsible for developing and conducting research projects that focus on economic development and workforce development, water management and coastal resilience, inclusive economic growth, and related topics. He has over a decade of research experience focusing on urban policy, local economic development, labor market change, and the economics of place from the neighborhood to the regional scale. More broadly, his research examines how geographic difference and institutional change intersect with policy design and implementation, industrial and labor market restructuring, and the possibility of a more equitable, more balanced economy. Robert is an expert at blending quantitative and comparative approaches to research, designing innovative applications of economic data, and cultivating administrative data sources. He has published research reports and peer-reviewed journal articles that span a wide range of topics, including low-wage work and the future of work, timely policy issues at the state and local level, and the uneven development of industries and institutions. His research and commentary have been featured in media outlets like the Los Angeles Times and Chicago Tribune, and he has taught courses on the intersection between politics, economics, and place. Prior to coming to the data center, he held research appointments at the University of California, Los Angeles, and the University of Illinois at Urbana-Champaign. A native of Greater New Orleans, Dr. Habens earned his PhD in urban planning and policy from the University of Illinois at Chicago, with a focus on local economic development planning. He also holds an undergraduate degree from the University of California, Berkeley, and a master's degree from the University of New Orleans. I hope you enjoy the conversation. Robbie, thanks so much for joining us. Um, obviously, your work with the data center is really integral to uh, providing some context for a lot of different issues in the greater New Orleans region. And so we're really excited to have you. Uh, so first of all, if you could please tell us a little bit about the data center, the work and the studies that y'all undertake, the sort of research that you do, and your role there. Sure. Thanks for having me on the program, Stephen. The Data Center is an independent nonprofit organization. We've been around for about 20 years. Uh, we're based in New Orleans, but our work focuses on the greater New Orleans region. And our mission is to democratize data. We function as a data intermediary. That means that we work to connect usually public sector data sources to people in the community, to decision makers across the region in order to empower them to use the data for, on their own behalf and to promote shared understanding on issues that are important to the New Orleans region. And uh, my job there is that I'm the economist, so I'm primarily responsible for our economic research. So I know from going to your website, as well as different publications that y'all have had that have garnered great notability, 
tell us about some of your uh, areas of focus and some of the, the specific topics that y'all have researched over the last few years. I know that there was a lot of work done specifically directly after Katrina talking about commuter patterns and different uh, information relevant to the rebuilding of the greater New Orleans region. But more recently, y'all have shifted to some very specific topics. Could you talk about uh, what those areas of focus are a little bit? Uh, sure. Yeah. And you're right. We For several years after Katrina, uh, we published a series of reports called the New Orleans Index. The goal of those was to track recovery uh, after the 2005 storms. So in 2018, we published the Prosperity Index, which is a, um, a broad-based report on the status of racial inequality in New Orleans. Also in 2018, we published a study on the tourism economy in the city of New Orleans. And in 2019, I worked on two reports that were on the economy of coastal protection and restoration in Southeast Louisiana. We continue to publish a range of demographic and economic indicators that uh, describe the uh, parishes in the region. Uh, obviously, you have a board of directors. I'm, I'm sure there's some guidance there, but what sort of informs uh, or helps you all to decide what particular topics that y'all are going to pursue in the process of doing your research and data. And ultimately, once you've done these fantastic reports, and again, I can't talk highly enough about the Prosperity Index and certainly your coastal work, um, what's the end goal of producing these reports? Who do you hope will kind of pick them up and run with them and uh, hopefully use them for their purposes? It varies from case to case, but for the most part, our primary audience is decision makers in the region. How do we decide what we do research on? That's a great question. Um, we try to listen to the questions that people are asking about the region. We try to pay attention to where people are making decisions with no data or with bad data. And that tends to be what we prioritize and what we focus on. Let me ask you, I know obviously it's hard to know what data and, and what information is really valid. And I know if you're just the average individual who's uh, floating around on social media, maybe taking in uh, various newspapers or publications, you don't always know exactly how credible the data that you're looking at uh, is. And so what's, if you could describe sort of your research process, the effort that goes into it. I know from speaking with you and other staff members of the data center that y'all have a high attention to detail and obviously a very rigorous process for putting together your reports. But if you could talk about that process a little um, so that individuals can understand the sort of care and detail uh, that y'all put into the work that you do. Sure. Uh, so first of all, with the data that we publish, everything that, uh, that you'll find on our website or in our reports is data that's been thoroughly vetted. For the most part, it comes from the federal government. Uh, these are publicly available sources, but we do a lot of background work to make sure that we're presenting them rigorously and applying them to certain research question in a very rigorous way. Uh, another thing that we do, and this is a, is a point of differentiation between the data center and, say, academic researchers, is that a lot of the questions that we choose to pursue uh, stem originally from the questions that our stakeholders and um, our communities and our decision makers in the region are asking. Rather than just basic research for the sake of research, we try to address questions that uh, people in the community are asking today, and we try to be responsive to that in everything that we do. That's great. And in that same vein, obviously, I know you have very close partnerships with everyone from the New Orleans Business Alliance 
to the Campaign for Equity New Orleans, obviously my own organization, the New Orleans Regional Leadership Institute. And given the sort of circumstances that we're currently living in where concepts like equity, equality, and justice are so important, y'all have done a really fantastic job over the last few years, especially culminating in the 300-year anniversary of the City of New Orleans with your Prosperity Index. Could you talk about some of the equity data that y'all have been able to put together through the Prosperity Index and um, what y'all are seeing in terms of how that data is playing out as we've lived through coronavirus and uh, continue to, quite frankly, see how that uh, particular crisis unfolds on a daily and monthly basis? Yeah, the Prosperity Index was a, a large report that the data center released in 2018. The sort of key question that the Prosperity Index was addressing was, have racial disparities, uh, have the gaps between black and white New Orleanians narrowed since the end of the civil rights movement? And uh, what we found essentially was, uh, in many cases, that those disparities had not narrowed. Now, that was a large-scale report. It covered uh, employment and income, housing, health, education, and criminal justice. So very comprehensive in its scope. But what we've seen uh, in terms of how that applies to COVID-19 is you know, certainly a lot of worries and a lot of early evidence that uh, the current crisis is further exacerbating racial inequity in our region and in the United States as a whole. Obviously, we, um, we have a, a huge disparity on the rate of deaths that are associated with COVID-19 that breaks down along racial lines. But a lot of the work that I personally have been doing over the past couple of months has documented how the economic disruption of COVID-19 and social distancing has, uh, it will, is likely to come down harder on lower income workers and on workers of color. Yeah, and obviously we're talking about the greater New Orleans region. This is, uh, I don't know that you would have data or information about this, but is it a safe assumption that that same trend um, is being seen nationwide in terms of who's affected by COVID-19 and unemployment? Is it a safe assumption to assume that it would be workers of color as well as women? Yes, I think it's a safe assumption. Uh, what we're finding in the data, and, and again, just prefacing this, that we only now have data from April, is that indeed the unemployment rate and the number of jobs lost in our region has been a little bit high relative to other regions. And it seems to be that one of the major contributing factors to that is the concentration of leisure and hospitality jobs that exist in the New Orleans metropolitan area. Well, I know one area of emphasis that the state and certainly the greater New Orleans region has put energy into has been into emerging environmental and the water sector, sort of the water economy sort of jobs and trying to develop this as a specialization and a core competency within our economy that we can then export to other parts of the country and uh, quite frankly, other parts of the world. And so I'd like to talk a little bit more to you about your work on the coastal economy and different uh, issues related specifically to the workforce. And so could you briefly discuss your work in that space and kind of tell us what you found and what those papers uh, talk about? Sure. Our, so our coastal work, uh, as you said, focuses on the economy of coastal protection and restoration. Obviously, after BP oil spill in 2010 uh, and the settlements and, and legislation that came out of that, the, we have a, a coastal master planning process in the state 
and a certain amount of resources, in fact, billions and billions of dollars of resources that uh, are available to spend on coastal infrastructures, coastal protection and restoration. This is uh, anything ranging from building levees to restoring barrier islands and marshes. It also includes water management sort of in urban areas like New Orleans. Our work for the past few years in that area has tended to focus on viewing coastal restoration as an opportunity to diversify the regional economy of southeast Louisiana. When you look at uh, the occupations that have been created over the past two decades in our region, uh, for the most part, we've been creating jobs on the high-earning end of the spectrum and on the low-earning end of the spectrum, but not in that crucial middle-earning part of the spectrum. These would be attainable jobs that someone who might not have a four-year degree would have access to. But these are exactly the kind of jobs that are created by coastal protection and restoration. Um, it tends to be heavy construction jobs and engineering jobs. So a lot of, a lot of our work that uh, is in that area has focused on, on sort of lifting up this industry as an economic opportunity because it's a little bit different. It's not like high tech or tourism where uh, a lot of government economic development has a sort of mental model for what economic development looks like in those sectors. But we certainly think that not only is this in, uh, crucially important to the survival of our region as we continue to experience greater coastal risks, but also, as you mentioned, we're on the front end of this challenge and a lot of other regions around the country and around the world are right behind us and having to deal with it. So if we can develop this as a rich economic specialization today, then tomorrow, um, it'll be something that we can work with other regions on reducing their coastal risks. Last week, we received some exciting news, and that was that as a country, we had picked up two and a half million jobs. And I believe that that was something that most experts hadn't projected or forecasted happening. And so I'd love to get some feedback and input from you on A, what drives those numbers, and then B, what do those numbers mean for our actual uh, national economy, but certainly our regional and state economies as well? Yeah, so for the first several weeks of COVID, every Thursday, the federal government releases the unemployment insurance numbers, and they've all been astronomically high, like unprecedentedly high across the country. And what media reports typically did was to add up the cumulative reports from every week since mid-March and report that as the number of people experiencing unemployment. What's become increasingly clear is that this was both probably overcounting and undercounting uh, the number of people who are employed at the same time. Unemployment claims are kind of a weird number because it's an administrative system that, um, that people use to develop early indicators of unemployment. It is the most timely indicator of joblessness, but it primarily exists to uh, administer a social insurance program that uh, is, is not a perfect indicator of what's going on in the economy. What's happened more recently is that the federal government has started to release uh, unemployment insurance claims that are related to the Pandemic Unemployment Assistance Program, PUA. That was part of the CARES Act. And this was actually not counted in most of those reports that we've been hearing for the past several weeks of the millions and millions of people unemployed. PUA covers people who are non-standard workers, uh, part-time workers who wouldn't otherwise qualify for unemployment insurance. Uh, it covers gig economy workers, probably here in New Orleans covers some of our musicians and cultural workers a little bit. 
And a lot of those people were simply not counted in those earlier claims. But when you look at the last week that we have unemployment insurance claims available, that's the week ending May 30. What we have in the state of Louisiana is about 490,000 total uh, people on unemployment insurance. And the PUA uh, makes up for a large portion of that 490,000. It's about one third of that 490,000. If you add up all of those unemployment insurance claims, it equals about one in every four workers that we have in the state. So truly staggering unemployment numbers. Well, thank you so much for your time. It's, uh, it's been a really fantastic conversation. Again, I can't speak highly enough of the work and the research that the Data Center does. We appreciate everything that you do, Allison Plyer, and uh, your executive director, Lamar Gardere, who gives plenty of presentations to our alumni. Go ahead and tell me, what's the easiest way for people to follow you, stay in touch, and be able to keep track of your most recent studies and research papers that y'all put out? You can find uh, our website at datacenterresearch.org. There you'll find everything that we've put out in terms of reports and data resources. Uh, You can also find us on social media through the website and sign up for our Numbers Talk newsletter to get an announcement whenever we release new information and new studies. Excellent. Well, thank you so much for joining us, and thank you for your leadership and all the great information that you provide to our community. Take care. Thanks, Stephen. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. And if you'd like to download this episode or see some of our other episodes, please visit www.norleypodcast.com. Additionally, we'd like to thank our sponsors. Our pinnacle sponsor is Entergy. Our legacy of leadership sponsors are Atmos and Shelmet Refining. Our impact sponsor is Jones Walker. Our support sponsors are Hancock Whitney and Gamble Communications. Our stakeholder sponsors are LCMC Health, Iberia Bank, Metairie Bank, the Mira Foundation, and the Port of New Orleans. And our recognized partner is GNO Inc.